Hello, everyone. Welcome to a classical edition of ARG Presents. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who picked a game this week that he has something in common with. <laughs> the Brent. I do have a tongue, How's and it going? I am a fat man. How's it going? You're 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 slowly becoming a middle-sized man. No, I'm not. Tongue is a middle-sized man. No, <laughs> you've lost some. The tonnage is down. No, it's not even close to being down. When is the the Brent weight loss challenge begin? Uh, because listen, everyone, before he gets into this, look, I did it like I mentioned on one of our previous shows. I went and got the glasses, the new glasses. Yeah. So don't read stuff like this. So I fulfilled my end of the bargain now. It's time for everyone out there in viewership land to yell at Brent for something. Make him do something. Yes. Yell at me for being too awesome. No, please. All right. No, one, no one's going to give money to charity for that. I can tell you that right now. So, on our last episode, we spun the wheel. We made the deal. Yes. And Brent, this week, we delve deep, deep into the land of 1980s DOS games. Yes. Now, you were a rather young lad in 1980s. What you're, you're, I would have been three. Three in 1980. <laughs> so probably a lot of uh, Disney or, or, or uh, Sesame Street games that were no, being played by you. No, at three I was playing nothing. <laughs> also, we didn't have DOS in That's 1983. Right. <laughs> so, 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 But that much said, uh, what, are you, what are your memories of those games? Because I know you've delved back into the past. And uh, a lot of my DOS uh, I mean, 80s DOS experiences have taken place, you know, over the past 10 years. Uh, I didn't play 80s DOS games back in the day. We didn't have a way to play them. Uh, we didn't, I didn't have a... I think we got our first PC DOS-based computer in 85, I believe. Really? Because I don't remember one until about 93. No, no. We got, we had a Coco, and then we went to the uh, Tandy 1000 SL. Okay, so, if you're yeah. counting that, then well, yes. that's a piece of uh, DOS it game. Is, it, yeah, is, or, it is, it you is, know, yeah. computer. So nothing jumps out, I, I mean, leaps I, out. No, I really don't. Like I said, it, looking back at the era now, even uh, in modern my modern retro gaming, I play mostly 1990s era DOS games. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> DOS was just a platform when it was. Out at the time, it was very complicated for young me to understand. Mm -hmm. There was so much going on with uh, IRQ setups and and uh, you know set up sound cards and allocating the right memory in the right places that it was above me for the most part. If I couldn't just go play game, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, I didn't have much of a chance. It was more of a hassle. However, one thing a lot of people don't remember. Unfortunately, I do, being as old as I am, is that the uh, much like say the Amiga, <clears throat> there was a time where there were, that you had booter DOS games. You just put the disc in and boot yep. off of them. Now that's true. Uh, uh, as hard drives became more prevalent, that that went away. Yes, but early on, and especially the era we're really talking, focusing on. Uh, the uh, there were, uh, most people didn't have hard drives. I didn't have. We didn't have a hard drive in any of our Tandy, TL, or, or SL. We never had a hard drive in any one of them. So we were relying on using the floppy disk as the main way to get the one. And by this time, um, like we never had a tape drive for the IBM PC. You know, we never. I, right. I know some people probably had them, but I we never we had one for the Coco, but not for the thing. So now a game I did play a lot in school yeah. uh was Oregon Trail. Sure, sure. Uh I thought it'd be fun to look back on some of these uh early booter games and see if how many of these you'd probably know more of these than you and than you would think. Okay. Alright. 
So I got a little list here. <clears throat> yeah, run me down. I'm going to run down for it. Now, just just a few highlights. Do you remember a game, uh, and I, I think they had, they, this was on multiple, uh, on multiple uh, systems, and it was, and I almost picked this. I came in ace of picking it. It's called Alley Cat. Oh yes! Now, now I played this I played on the Atari. On, I played it on the Atari as yeah. well. And yes. you were a, you were a cat, and you tried to jump out of this alley, jump up in this building, and go into different uh, rooms. And the different rooms had different obstacles. There was like a giant a fish bowl. You tried to get. Oh yes, up. that was a very giant hunk of cheese. Great game. That was a good game. It was a really good game. And, uh, uh, it, you know, what would you it, call that? A platformer? Yeah, I, I would say it's a platformer. But I thought it was real clever, and it's that one. It from, was that was great 80, sound on that. Yeah, eighty four. You're right. It did. Another one I almost picked, and I, I've almost picked this so many times, and but I always think, I mean, if I covered this because I've talked about it so much, uh, was uh, 1984's Archon, and its sequel, Archon 2, yep. uh, which was also great, yep. Adept. Uh, did you remember, did you ever give oh, a, yes. guys a, a it, lot? You know? I mean, it, it, it's battle chess, except you get the, just because you take a piece doesn't mean your piece is taken. Right, sure, sure. Yeah. But I mean, a, a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> Great game. Great two-player game. A big series in the early is another one that was uh, a lot of fun and very clever, I thought, and really um, caught on all over the world was Boulder Dash. Did you ever play Boulder Dash? That I one was came never out a big fan of Boulder Dash. Uh, again, it was sort of a, it was a sort of a thinking man's uh, a big Dougie. So it was, it was, it was, it was an interesting game. It was and a puzzle game. The physics yeah. in it were real interesting. I always they thought they were. did a good job. They were. I mean. The problem with it, though, uh, the puzzle game, there were a lot of times I felt it was cheap. I'm mm -hmm. sure it wasn't. I'm sure it was just young me playing it. Uh, but some of the, the run away from the boulders and then get smashed when you think everything's done. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a good game. Now, you can't talk early 80s without talking about Infocom. <clears throat> uh, they had a uh, they had a ton of, of great text games that were out in that era yes. on everything. Uh, you could play them in anything. And a couple that come to mind just right off the top of my head are, of course, the Zorks. Of course. And, of course, I remember playing this game called Deadline, which is a which is a really yep. cool game. Uh, did you did you ever play? Did you complete any of the Zorks, or did you play no. any of the Zorks? I did play. I've played not in-depth. Not in-depth. The only text adventure that I, I really delve into hard was Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I understand. Uh, but I have played them, yes. You know... Um, in the early days, you had, of course, just like on any uh, any classic computer, you had a lot of arcade ports. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Now, tried do you remember? Hard. Are there any that stuck out in your mind from that era? That like I like I remember. Uh, sadly, I thought the majority of these were lacking uh, in terms of games. Like for example, the original, the early Donkey Kong, yes. CGA, uh, they, which was a, a early booter. Uh, well, it was you, it made you wish you could play the real one, and it, but it was okay. It was okay. It, it was, was really like the, you know, it was it was okay, but it was not. I didn't think it was any great shakes, and a lot of the games like are like that. The old centipedes, so I don't they were they were chunk, they were they gave you a taste. They, yeah, yeah. They gave you a taste. They want they made you want to go back to the arcade. Now, which one, was really clever. One I actually uh, have uh, good memories of. It. It's not it's not a uh, clone of, of an, or it's not an arcade game. It's a clone of arcade. It was Demon Attack. That, that yeah. I had this for on the old uh, on the old uh, never PC. played it on DOS though. Oh yeah, it was it was a booter and I had it and it was good. I mean it was, it was pretty good. And, and, you know it's as good as it's going to get. Uh, another one I remember playing a ton uh, was uh, Doctor J and Larry Bird. Yep, you remember that one? But see, I played that on the C sixty four. 
Wait, where did you have access to a C64? If I uh, one of my friends at the time had one. Real? Yep, in the neighborhood, could walk to his house. They had tons of games. Yeah, I understand. Um, now, here's one that I played. I think I played this mostly on the Atari, but it's another one that I had early booter on another PC. You know, the funny thing is, when you go back and look at these, it, it, the, the, you got to understand that the early DOS computers were somewhat limited. They were very you limited. Know. I mean, even limited for the other computers that were around them. And the funny thing is, uh, uh, I went back and played. This is I had this picked for this week's show, right? And then I, I I changed my mind. Okay. And it was Hard Hat Mac. Have you ever played Hard Hat Mac? I have, but not for DOS. Hard Hat Mac, I played on on DOS and on. I played both. I really because I played on the Atari and I wanted it. And I got it for DOS. Hard Hat Mac is a funny game though because. Well, I remember loving this game. It was like a Donkey Kong esque sort of game, but it well, yeah, sort of. But the 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 what you do in it is you're you're a, a construction worker and you're going around trying to repair this building. And the bad guys in it are a there's a there's a thief that just goes around trying to steal right. your stuff. There's also the, my favorite part of it though, and I did, I did a little research on this early on was it was the guy from OSHA, and he was yeah. called OSHA Man. Yeah. Yeah. And the game was pretty successful the year it came out, and OSHA contacted him, like, please take that out. Don't make us the bad guys in the game. I always thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty funny, man. Um, and, of course, Ghostbusters, another one I would play on there. Again, right. it, it looked bad compared to the other versions, yes. right? That's And that, that was sort of the... Uh, that was kind of the M.O. for DOS for a very, very long time. Now, of course, they picked it up and eventually became the all-supreme. Yeah, absolutely. But not in the 80s. Um, Certainly not in the 80s. Now, I remember playing this for the very first time on my uh, Tandy, and, th and that was King's Quest. The original King's Quest, King's Quest 2. I didn't play but, through the Qu King's Quest games, but I do know they are good games. They were really different games when they came out. Like, yeah. they were They looked different. You know, and they and they 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 played they played uh, a decent game. You know? Sure. Now something I used to play a lot of because I was a sports guy. You know, uh, was were these like simulated sports titles? You know, uh, and like your micro league baseballs and your sure. micro league wrestling stuff like that. Did you dip your toe or into football stuff? Uh, again, not in DOS. That most of those games I played on the Amiga. Yeah. And uh, uh, through the TV sports. No, I'm uh, talking like these are simulated. These aren't like action games. These are like simulated season. You, well, you pick a team. I, I, right, like but I would do that through TV sports. Well, I mean, <laughs> I would just you know coach yeah, the team. Yeah, I understand. What about let's talk Jumpman? Okay, Jumpman was a great game. Did you play much of Jumpman on the PC? Nope. Or have you played Jumpman much anywhere? Nope. Really? Have you played Jumpman Junior on the uh, ColecoVision or on the various? Sports. No, I've played the game. I just I'm surprised to hear that. You know, I, that's a real stunner to me. Um, <laughs> nineteen eighty three and eighty four were great years for games. I can tell you that. There were a lot of great games. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the market was really thick then. Well, well, on the computer side of things, it was coming online. You know, yeah. I um, when I, you think back, <clears throat> I mean, you had your your C sixty four. I guess was the king of the ring at that time. It was game-wise, I'd yeah. say you're probably right, yeah. Uh, and it was tough to... And, I mean, the Atari, obviously, was up there, too. The Atari round of computers. Mm -hmm. But the C64 had... It was just superior in uh, graphics and sound both at the time. Yeah. But you can still play a decent game. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, and these popped right off the off the page when I, when I was looking over a list of the, of the booter games. And I remember playing the both of them. 
And I remember playing them both on the PC. It's funny, I, I, my neighbors, I've mentioned this before, but our neighbors had an Atari 8 kid. Yeah. So I would play games at my house, and I'd go down there and play them, their games. And it's funny to think that there was a time where the Atari 8-bit was just crushing it, and, and the uh, PC was right behind. Well, it's funny to think about, but you know, there but was But here's time. the thing. Here's the thing. DOS kept plugging away, kept innovating, kept upgrading, and... I, they were it was expandable. Obviously, it was the superior system in the end. Yeah, because you know. Yeah, uh, but a couple of the games that I just fell in love with and still play these quite often is uh, first of all, Minor Twenty Forty Nine er, which is a great game. Uh, yep, we just talked about this. We we uh, we just covered Manic Miner for the ZX Spectrum, which I have fallen in love with Manic Miner. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I love that game. I love it. I played more last night, and I was watching someone play the. Uh, Sam Coupe edition, which is superior, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it wow. blows the other one out of the water. I've got to have it. I've got to have a Sam Coupe, Brent. No, you don't. I want one. Well, but anyway, you uh, can want. Uh, it was it, the, the the fellow that Matthew Smith, the guy that came came up with Manic Miner, was that he was inspired by Miner Twenty Forty Nine. There are some similarities. Oh, of course, a great game, uh, which was released. It's funny these games are not just released on the as booters, but they were released on a lot of platforms, including on the consoles with the uh, ColecoVision. Yeah. The other one is uh, Montezuma's Revenge. Which I played, that played is crap a out of that game. Terrific game. game. Yeah. Uh, both great games uh, that, I, that I used to play quite a bit. Now, some, speaking of the games, I used to play a ton of uh, uh, winter, summer games. Oh, all uh, the Olympic on, games. Yeah, on there on the PC. And they tons actually, of fun. But again, I mean, I, I hate to keep saying this, especially since this is an episode about DOS. But I played all these games on the Commodore. Well, it's just your age is, is your thing. But uh, I. Some of these booter games, you, I, I, some of these things, I would get after the facts because so because so clearly they were somehow released as as games that you didn't have to have, be booted off of. Because I distinctly remember running Summer Games two off of a, off of a hard drive on the PC. So I know I, I, there was must have been some way to hack it over or something. But again, this made uh, booting the games up a lot easier. Um, a couple more I wanted to touch on here. Uh, of course, I mentioned Winter Games. That that was such a great a, a great game. Another another one that I, that I touched, I, I dipped my toe into pulling this, but it was I, I didn't have the jack. I'll be honest with you. Was the Wizardry series? I you know never played them. No, no, no never played any of the Wizardry. I, I really need to go back and give them a try. I I know they're terrific games. Mm-hmm. Um, just during that time of my gaming life, a big long drawn out you know type game like that. Wasn't in my wheelhouse. See, you've got a lot of catching up to do since this stuff came out before your time. You're going to yeah. go back in there and 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 and, and really that sort of game. And really, the bars tells no one that are games that are not necessarily things that I would be playing that much now. But at the time, um, you were had a limited amount of games, and well, they it, looked awesome, and they were so much different. And, and you and more wanted beautiful. a deeper experience. Absolutely. I mean, you can. And this isn't to say that uh, winter and summer games were bad games by any stretch of the imagination. But you could see everything that that game had in an afternoon. That's oh yeah, in an hour you could easily. And see, you, know. you know, a game as deep as Bard's Tale, no chance, no chance. There's so much to do, and there's so much to explore and find. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just the the sheer depth of those types of games at the time are what made them incredibly popular. Yes, indeed, and and, and they were they were. They were new. It's funny to me that when, as the the DOS PC uh, evolved, that they got out of the booters 
uh, and to uh, you know to expand the experience on the on the uh, so you can install these games on the hard drive. Yes. But then on the on the flip side, much like you said, it, it started making the games far more difficult as you had a PC that might have an EGA card and an ad lib card, or maybe it doesn't have as much memory, and yeah. so you really had to. Uh, Really had to be a real big you had tweaker. To know your stuff. The one thing the uh, that the Amiga had for the most part is cro- almost uniform cross uh, right across the entire platform compatibility. A lot of games, you know, even late in the life of the Amiga, would still support the OCS chipset and you know, right. Get, and so you were usually get your memory was the is the key. So with all that in mind, uh, we were tasked to pick a couple of classic 1980s DOS games. To give a whirl this week, I was actually looking forward to this too because I, I, like I said, I, I, I lived so long. I went to the entire run of DOS pretty much, and uh, there there were a lot of there were a lot of titles out. But it's it's weird. It was when I was sitting here picking games, uh, there were so many of them that um, looking back on, I just didn't, I wasn't that interested in, or I didn't like, and I didn't want to play a real cheesy arcade port. Uh, uh, I just. They didn't age well, to be completely yeah. honest. I mean, yeah, some, some systems are better than others. Uh, and, uh, like, for example, we've been playing a lot of, like I said, Spectrum. And we, we played Chase HQ a couple weeks ago. Well, it was a technical marvel. Brilliant design. Yeah. It was difficult, incredibly difficult. But, I mean, you can go back and play it, and you can understand it. But most of the, most to me, and I don't want to kill anyone that loves DOS, but most of the old DOS stuff is just clunky, lots of... Flashy. It's well, just a, it's messy because yeah. they were working on some limited, you know, limited. And the, it had to grow, and it certainly yeah, became the not all of any stretch of imagination. So, Brent, why don't you tell the good folks what you chose this week? Out of all the all the pantheon and worlds uh, that you could have chosen from, what's the game that you selected as the DOS game for you to give a shot? Well, like I said, I didn't really get to play a lot of stuff at DOS back in the day. So I said, what is a popular, what is the game all the kids are playing now? On their right dog? now. Right. And it came up to be Tongue of the Fat Man. Oh, my Lord. Tongue, Tongue of, of the, the Fat, Fat Man. Of all the games. Right? This is, uh, this game, I did not realize how well known this game was. <laughs> it has a rep. It has a rep. Until I started, you know, playing it and researching it. It's kind of funny. Back in the day, this game got absolutely slaughtered yeah, many many people say this is the worst game ever made no I, I i'm not saying i think that but a lot of people say this is the worst game ever, for dos this is the worst dos game ever oh, made who says that I, it is are a, they idiots no it, it made like uh uh i believe it was number four worst game on a Bunch of top ten lists, like publications. You know, just before you begin, mm-hmm. I'm going to make one comment. All right. When you when you uh, look at what we played last week, Shuttle Puck Cafe. Yeah. Okay. This is creativity, thinking outside the box, used to play a simple game. Right. People liked it. Right. Tongue of the Fat Man is very similar. Yes. You know. And yeah, it, and it, I'm going to go over yeah. that. Uh, the thing with Tongue of the Fat Man is this was before. The lines had been drawn of what a fighting game was. This was before uh, Street Fighter Two came along and said, "Everyone's going to clone us because we did it right." What year? This it was 1989, to so the very end of the 80s. Um, this was developed by Activision, if you can believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, and like I said, came out in 1989 for DOS. Also came out on the Commodore 64 in the 1990s. 
And the Sega Genesis even had a port of this hitting the U.S. shores in 91. Really? Under the same name? No. Oh. Uh, DOS, the DOS, all the DOS ports called it Tongue of the Fat Man. Uh, Mondo's Fight Palace was the C64 name. That's a better name. Uh, in Japan, they said, when Japan says, you know what, your title's too silly, <laughs> you're in trouble, because they just called it Fat Man. That's all you need. And uh, for the Sega Genesis, they called it Slaughter Sport. Those are all good names. But really, Tongue of the Fat Man, you don't forget it. You're right, you don't. Like, when you picked it, I instantly, <laughs> it, I was like, oh yeah, I played that. I know exactly what that is. So what is Tongue of the Fat Man? Tongue of the Fat Man is a... 1v1 fighting game mm -hmm. uh, in the spirit of, you know, your Street Fighters, your uh, Mortal Kombats, your, all that kind of thing. Uh, really, <laughs> you're going to hate this, but this is really more a, of a karate champ than those other games. Yeah. Because it is a one-button fighter where your joystick's positioning plus either pressing or not pressing the button or tapping the button versus holding the button mm -hmm. determines what you can do. I think I think it reminded me the most. Of, I think it was the name of the game we played. Me and Boat covered was called Budokan. Yes, you remember that with yeah. the weapons, the weapons based karate yes. guy. And that's actually a very close uh, uh, comparison to the controls. Right, that type that, of yeah, yeah, feel. Exactly. Um, the game itself, though, has with just one no, button. Bushido, my bad. I always do that. Oh Bushido. well, yeah, yeah, I knew you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I watched that episode. Uh, with one button and your diagonals and up and down, left and right, 18 moves. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty impressive. Unfortunately, it's not impressive, but we'll get into that in a second. Let's, let's, let's stay positive. Let's mm -hmm. stay positive. The game starts you out with three fighters that you can choose from. And as you defeat your opponents they become selectable as playable characters. To bring all, if you get through the entire game, you can have 10 fighters to choose from. A 10-fighter roster is huge. That's absolutely obscene. I mean, look at even Street Fighter Two. Its first thing only had eight fighters. So having 10 fighters on your roster is, that's insane. Mm. That's insane to do all the sprite yeah. work for yeah. and everything else. When we got the when we got our background up and I looked at it, like, right, you really don't think about it. It is it is a right. large roster, unique large roster. Right. And uh the way the game plays is you are in a fight arena and Mondu is controls it. That's the fat man. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he hits you against your other your opponent and lets you bet on the outcome. Or bet on you winning. Right. And you get to choose, are you going to beat them in 30 seconds, a minute, or two minutes? And so you can wager on yourself and how well you're going to do. Which I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. really, I think that's really clever. Plus, sometimes you have to let them linger if you depend on where you bet the money. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always under. Uh, But it's... I always... Really? Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> now you tell me. I just let them linger around. Um, Also, before you go into the fight, you can go into the weapon shop. Yeah. And Mondo will sell you, well, Mondo won't do it, but one of his cronies will sell you weapons. And the weapons are things like, uh, uh, some of the things you would expect, like throwing stars and knives, uh, make your character in invincible. But it also has some crazy things, like make your character invisible. So you can be invisible for 10 seconds. Uh, not, the, not the best. 
No, I know. Well, not only against the computer. Not, not the best. Uh, you can get vials of acid that you throw on the ground, and if your opponent is on the ground or if he walks into it, it gets burned. So there's a they kind of this is their method of you of super moves mm-hmm. of special moves, and you buy them before the match, and the uh, stock is set for all the weapons but a rotating four, which I guess they are, are more powerful. So you can't always say, "Oh, this is going to be my loadout. I'm just going to buy this every time," because something you want might not be there every time. So you spend your fight money to buy your weapons, and you spend your fight money to bet on yourself during the match. And you have to bet on yourself. You can't bet on your opponent. Which, <laughs> you can't throw well, the match. You can't throw the matches. Uh, I've bet on them every time. <laughs> and then you actually fight. And, and that's where the game falls apart. Yes. It, it's really unfortunate. You've got... What really, especially... I mean, I know 1989 is kind of late in the game, it's uh, as late as you can go. <laughs> but the sprite work on this is really good. The animation, not so much. The animation's a little cl- is a lot clunky. It's cl- it's uh, flashy. But, it's, it's it's clippy. It's ugly. But the actual uh, sprites in this game are big. They are highly detailed. Mm-hmm. They are incredibly unique. Yeah. The incredibly unique. Now, of course, you have your human fighter. And you know you've got some of your your normal alien type fighters, but then yeah. you also have this huge pink guy with this massive head, or uh, the fat, even the fat man himself. It looks like a sumo wrestler, yeah. But his his belly is actually a big mouth that will open up and, and his tongue will come out, which yeah, is where the title comes from. Uh, and all the fighters. Fight differently. Uh, I mean, your humanoid fighter fights as you'd expect. Punches, kicks, stuff like that. <clears throat> uh, there's this guy that has like a, a an orb thing on the top of his head uh, that he can whip around. The pink guy kind of throws goo at you. but It's not an actual projectile attack, but it just kind of splurts down. Um, so each of the fighters are incredibly unique. Uh, but the fighting itself is so clunky. The controls are so bad. The hitboxes are absolutely atrocious. Uh, you never feel like you can get close to it. And even after I spent a fair amount of time and I thought I had the controls down, um, the next fight I would go in and I would be like, oh, I-, I thought I was doing this right. Another very, very unique component to the fight fighting system is you have multiple bars that cover multiple things. Yeah. Uh, and when you look up, you're like, uh. <laughs> well, the, at the very top, you've got like an EKG that does your heart rate. Yeah. And for the most part, that is a worthless bar. It's kind of neat because the aliens have different heartbeats, heart EKGs than the humans do. So that's kind of neat. And then you have a blue bar that that's your actual hit point. If that goes to zero, you're dead. Uh, You also have a red bar underneath that the more you attack, if you use the same attack over and over, that bar will deplete and your moves will do less damage. It's like the anti-rage bar. You can't can't (laughs) spam the same move over and over. Well, you can, but it doesn't... Yeah, it's less effective. That's actually kind of... It's it's very good. It's very clever. Um, 
And then the green bar is the your how much the crowd likes you, how entertaining you're being. I like I like the aspects of this, but that's a lot of bars um, up on the screen. And when see, you, I, I first looked up there, I'm like, what in God's name is this? I, you know? I honestly I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I like the fact that it, it, the crowd thing. I mean, I don't know. That's not the worst aspect of the game, but it it's, it seems like a lot. That's all I'm saying. It is. It's unfortunate. But, again, like I said before, this was before the standard had been set. Mm -hmm. So this was a game taking a risk, doing the things that they wanted to see in a fighting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, clunky fighting can make a fight bad. Yeah. But what makes the fight even worse is, for some reason, they thought it would be cool to have, in the foreground, uh, members of the crowd kind of jump up and get in the screen. Yeah. Like they're cheering, like, hey, they're cheering. Uh, it's incredibly distracting. <laughs> because yeah, that's why they're there. Right? What makes it even, I mean, they jump up and they block your view. Sometimes yeah. they actually block your fighter. Yeah. Like you cannot see because they are in the way. They don't consider, they don't take into consideration where you're at when they no, do it. They, they just, just pop yeah. in. Uh, I hate to pop in. And the, the, the sprites that pop in are awesome. They're really detailed aliens, uh, and there's and there's multiple of them that can jump up from the crowd depending on where you're at and that kind of thing. It's sort of like the uh, horizontal pit fighter. You know, the, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, yeah. except they they're just more of a distraction than an assist. Right. But I'm saying it's uh, it's it's a clever idea. The yeah. Crowd, I mean, in a real fight that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it does add to the excitement, but yeah. they're they flash in so fast in some instances. That they are just a, a, what is that type of thing. Like you're fighting, you're focused on your fighter, and then something just blinks down here in the corner, and it draws your attention to it. Yeah. Really, it's really, really distracting the first time you play, because you're like, what was that? What was that? Uh, kinda so, neat. It's kinda, I kind of like that, though. I'm, I'm not going to uh, lie. I thought it was kind. Of, I thought it was just amusing. I like the idea that they thought to do it. Is what yeah, I'm yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. It gives it that, it gives it that, uh, Fight Club effect, you know, you're like, oh man, this looks. Feels, I feel like I'm in a grungy alien bar, and these aliens are right up in the action, <laughs> waving their money. You know, come on. So, uh, you fight. You use your items that you bought from the weapon shop, and you eventually lose because the game's not very good. <laughs> now, yeah, that's pretty much my experience. <laughs> so now you go back to Bondu, who's like. You know, he's like, eh, I knew you were going to lose. You're garbage. You're you're a, you're complete slime. Uh, get take this guy's money and uh, have the doctor patch him up. And if you have no money, game over. <laughs> you actually that's it. That's how you actually game over. Yeah, I know. So money is used to to uh, basically continue. There little continues. So the money aspect of this game is really deep. I mean, you, you use money to bet, you use money to uh, buy your weapons, and you use money after the fight to to continue. I kept thinking that when you bought those weapons, yeah, like, the weapons seemed pretty good, and I kept thinking to myself, even when I went back to, I thought this back in the day, too, it's like, if I knew what I was doing with these weapons, I could probably really get some action out of these, but I never felt like I had a good grip, uh, like, on the strategic times, to, I didn't get much well, use out of most of them. I mean... Some of them are, are very standard. You just throw the weapon forward, right? And, and that's it. Uh, like the acid you were talking about is a good example. Well, the acid—if you can knock an opponent down, 
You can actually go uh, over there and start wailing on them. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can yeah. jump up and down on their corpse. That's an awesome addition yeah, to a game. Because that. that's something that would happen. Yeah. Um, you know, in this mystical alien fighting world. Yeah. Uh, so, if you can get them down and throw the acid on them, you can do a ton of damage. Because while they're taking acid damage, it's harder for them to get up. I don't even know if it's possible for them to get up, but I know it's harder. So, this game, <laughs> when it came out, was absolutely hated. Do you think the box art had anything to do with it? Because you should probably talk about that. The box art it, is, for for the U.S. is uh, picture the lower part of someone's face from like the nose to their chin with no eyes, no uh, normal eyeballs in the picture. Now take the eyeballs and put them in your nostrils <laughs> and then draw little uh, fake uh, eyebrows on your nose. That's the box art. Oh, and, and big purple lips. I'll tell you, when I saw this, they must have released this in multiple boxes because I've seen this in the store, and it, that wasn't the box art. I've seen it the 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 other box art before, so I know I've seen at least two box arts for this. That one's the famous one, but I've seen another yes, one. Yeah. What? Well, and I think the box art is brilliant. Well, it, it's eye catching. It's also disgusting because it it says. You are going to look at me. You are at least going to pick me up and find out what I am. Yeah. And that's exactly what a box is supposed to do. Um, so this game reviewed horribly. Absolutely horribly for being just clunky and everything else. Uh, not only did it get a lot of uh, worst game of the year type awards... It also got worst name of the year. <laughs> the name's and, not good. And, and, and there's some people even say this is the worst name of all time. And I don't agree with that. I think Tongue of the Fat Man at least gets your attention. It got my attention. I think Fat Fat Worm, uh, what was it? Blows, Blows a Sparky. Blows a Sparky has got to be in the, in the running uh, of all the time worst games. That's the one I think of whenever I think of, man, what what was that all about? Although Fat Worm Blows a Sparky was probably a better game. That's, I yeah, will say that. It, probably, it, it certainly was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, when I said I picked this game because I saw everyone was loving it, right? Mm -hmm. But back yeah. in the day, everyone hated it. Right. This game has found, uh, and the resurgence is already over. This was, <laughs> was this, quick. This, this was more of your uh, 2010 to 2015 range. Yeah. A lot of people found this game and went back and replayed it, and it kind of sparked a resurgence. Uh, people were saying, this is, this is the type of game you need to remake. And they're absolutely right. Because this had all the elements of a good game. It, it was innovative. It was, uh, uh, it was surprising. There mm -hmm. were surprises. I mean, the, the sprite work was great. It's just the actual gameplay elements. If this was uh, a three-button fighter with better animations, this would have won tons of awards. Well, it was. It was a. Unfortunately, it just came a little too early for the PC to have caught up with what it needed. Well, I know. I don't think that's the problem. I think that you really don't. No, I don't think this was a limitation of the hardware. I think uh, because it had a huge developer behind it, and obviously, a lot of this game is really polished. The locales you fight are really nice. Um, the the uh, uh, artwork 
in between fights of Mondu. Even though he's a big fat guy, yeah. he's a really well drawn big fat well, guy. Well, now wait a minute. Hold on a second. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yes, they do a good job rubbing. He is the most disgusting. But that's what he's supposed to be. The first thing you be. see is him rubbing his nipples. He's like, all right. But they... <laughs> no, no but... I don't need to see that. I don't care how well drawn no, it is. No, Mondo is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Which well, is exactly what he does. Yeah, no kidding. He's supposed to make you feel bad because even when you win, and I did win several matches, uh, even when you win, he, he tells you how crappy you are. He is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable, and, and you're supposed to not like him. You know who he reminds me of? Remember? You? What? I'm, I'm, no. You remember the bad guy at Mojo from the X Men? He yes. has that fighting world. Yes, I'm sure this that he was at least somewhat used as a as a basis for it's very this possible. guy because he's a big disgusting creature with a bunch of crazy aliens in a fighting arena. You know, so I'm assuming that someone picked up an X Men were like, well, I got they got something here. <laughs> so, know? like I said, this game had had a bit of a resurgence that it has since died down. Uh, that people were saying, you know, this is a game. Let's remake it. Uh, unfortunately. That never went anywhere, and uh, you're kidding. The they were gonna remake this? No, 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 no. <laughs> People were, were asking for it to be remade, oh, re so cleaned up. Yeah. Um, and, and, and but the resurgence has since died off, and now nothing's been said about this game until this show for several years. Uh, and the eBay price reflects that. Uh, this is going for eBay. You can pick it up right now <laughs> for under ten bucks for DOS. Uh, is that boxed? No, oh. there are no surviving box copies that yeah, for I, sale I right find. now. You right? Mean, yeah. I'm <coughs> sure, wait, you think people? You think people? This is the game. If you're ever going to throw the box away, here's the one. <laughs> well, the box, that thing in the garbage. The box is always looking at you. Yeah. Uh, this actually one thing about the installation about this. Uh, this came on either one, three and a quarter, or three. Uh, Five inch floppies. Yeah. Okay. So you think it's three well, and a half and five yeah, and a quarter? Yeah. Uh, so not old. <laughs> uh, what you think? Okay. You depending on what disk drive you. No. If you don't install it off the five and a quarter floppies, the three five and a quarter floppies, you don't get all of the sound and and uh, voices in the game. They cut some of it out to on, get it onto <clears throat> a three. Uh, that is unusual. Yeah. So, uh, even though it's a, a, a worse format and it has less uh, space on the disc, install off your five and a quarter because you get more game. Well, if you think about it, I believe five is five. This is an eighty-nine. So a, a one a, a three and a half inch disc is one point four four megs, yes. and the and the and the five and a quarters were probably seven twenties. To which we, it could they could be so that would give you more space. They, yeah, I mean, and if they were one point twos, then you clearly you could do it. But they were probably they were probably seven twenties, as I recall. Uh, yeah, seven twenty I think is what you could put on a five and a quarter most of the time. So that would add up to being slightly larger. Yep, that's and funny. This also <clears throat> has uh, when you start the game up, it has a a digital voice. Yeah, uh, Mondo is is welcoming you to Mondo. Is welcoming you to his fight arena. It is super clear. It is. It is super outstanding. Clear. That's the most impressive part of the whole thing. <laughs> you know that, and the, and, the, and I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, this game was short. This is one of the classic games. Uh, 
that was shortchanged in every way by simply by its gameplay. It yeah. just couldn't hold up. Yeah. Uh, I, again, and the sound I, was pretty crap. Well, I think the tech. Well, this is again. I think in both instances, it's the it's the sign of the time. The tech wasn't quite ready. And we'll look at. We talked about it when we did DOS games in the nineties. When I did One Must Fall, um, it was such it, a better game. It, it, I'm not comparing the I first know, games, but my point is the tech was there. They had a two button joystick to work with. Yes, they had a. Uh, they had uh, well, this better, had a keyboard though. You can have all the buttons you, don't you play, wanted. You don't, you don't play a fighting game with a keyboard, dude. You know that. And, and they had smoother animations because they, they had a VGA mode. They had tweaked it out to where it yeah. was going to... And they, and it was uh, in, in some ways, it was a safer game in terms of... Oh, to put absolutely. Together. Tongue of the Family yeah. with this many characters and the way it was done, uh, it was just it was a more difficult game to translate onto a PC. And uh, it was gutsy. And in my mind, I just think about... I can't... Get past the the uh, comparison to Shuttlepuck, and I can remember the last when we talked about Shuttlepuck Cafe. The guy cra- his ship ran out of gas. I mean, he had to come down, and he and he went into the Shuttlepuck Cafe. I can see this guy coming down the street and being at a at a right in the middle of the street. And over here, you've got the fighting palace, and over here, you got Shuttlepuck Cafe. This guy's like, which one of these am I going to go in to use the phone? <laughs> uh, screw this! <laughs> I'd see the fat man's picture on that front door. I'd be getting in the Shuttlepuck Cafe too. I'd be like, I'm, I'm out of here. But yeah, I mean. This was a fun trip down memory lane because I remember getting this game uh, through illicit means back in the day. And I was like, oh, man. Because I, as I mentioned before, I was in desperate need of a fighting game. I was dying for one. Underdog. And, of course, 89 right in my wheelhouse. I was right. a senior in high school. <clears throat> and so when I pulled this down, I was real excited about it. And it looked cool. And I thought the name was intriguing. I didn't, it wasn't, there wasn't the instant turnoff that you hear now right. like we think about it. And, and it all comes up, and it looks great. And you're just like, man, this is going to be great. And then it's just, it's just not. It, yeah. it, it doesn't play well enough to, to be a hit. Correct. And a remake of this, which would never happen in a blue zillion years. No, never. If they could somehow tweak the fight engine, I think you I like the, I like the atmosphere. I like the graphics for the yep. most part. I like the, uh, the, the weapons, the bedding. Yep. I like all that stuff. All of it. You know, and I even like the scenario of the alien battleground. Yep. It's just, it, what are you going to do? You know, not, you can't do nothing. So, yep. but, I mean, you're right. 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. So, on to a, a arguably better game. Oh, my God. <laughs> get, the, get the nooses ready. So, I was tasked with picking something uh, from the 80s. And like I said, I almost picked Hard Hat Mac. I almost picked Archon. I thought, you know... <clears throat> I, I, when as I was picking this game, I was laid up. I, I like I said, my neck, my threw my neck out this week, and so I've been unable to do a whole lot for like for like two or three days. I was like, you know, I've got time to ponder what I'm going to pick, and so what I picked, I was like, I'm going to go with one of the big ones, and I went, <laughs> I went big. You did. We, we are going to take a look at the original Bard's Tale. Yes. On the IBM now. Yes. Um, let me tell you the exact moment I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> When you picked the game, <laughs> I picked the game, and I was making my party, and I was, uh, you know, again, I had played this game back in the day, right? And and I'll get into the particulars in a minute, but um, I was on Discord announcing the game, and I had been playing it for a couple days, and just struck, I'd forgotten about the mapping and all the oh yeah stuff it's involved, and Flack uh, from uh, you don't know Flack podcast, which I highly recommend, great guy Jack Flack, he goes. He sent me a, co- a copy of his handwritten notes on the game from, like, yeah. the 1980s. I was just like, ah, oh, crap. Yep. 
Oh, I forgot about the handwritten notes. And by the way, Flack's handwritten notes were better than any paper I ever turned in. You can see why this guy's a writer. Yeah. Very orderly. Yeah. So, uh, the full title of The Bard's Tale is Tales of the Unknown, Volume 1, The Bard's Tale. All right. <laughs> uh, developed by Interplay. Of course, they did a, a, you know, a ton of stuff. And published by Electronic Arts. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Now, um, it's funny. This game I played so long ago. That I I, I, I I mean, you see the screens floating around, and, and it, come, it shows up on Best of List, but you really don't think about the game. And so it was interesting to go back and rediscover it, and how, it, and, and again, normally people know that I don't like these multi-character uh, multi, uh, control games, but this one I, I had appealed to me back in the day, and there was a reason for it, which I'll get into. So... Um, this thing came out on a, on a, a plethora of platforms. Absolutely did. I believe its original uh, platform was the Apple II, uh, but you also had the Amiga version, the C64, which I think uh, I'd wager the majority of people listening to this probably played this on the C64. I uh, bet it was, they played it on the Amiga. Uh, the Apple II GS, uh, the Atari ST, of course, DOS, Amstrad, uh, CPC, and Macintosh. Now, this one is one I... Oh, I should mention... The, uh, the uh, Spectrum, of course, uh, the NEC PC ninety eight hundred one, and the NES. They had this on the Spectrum. Oh yeah, yeah. Spectrum was. You, I'm telling you, I'm learning that the Spectrum they were wide open. Every game was like they they all had the vision of Tongue of the Fat Man. I mean, they would try anything, you know. And it, sometimes it works, you know. I'm, I'm cheap plug. So. <laughs> Uh, but the NES. Did you ever play the NES version of this? Uh, no, but I know it existed. I would. I wonder what that's like. I've never I, looked. I at bet that. it's pretty good. <clears throat> I bet it's real good, actually. Um, and this, of course, these were released over a series of like six, seven years. Yeah, I believe the DOS version officially came out in in eighty uh, seven, but it was a uh, originally the game debuted in eighty five, uh, and it is a like I said, it's a uh, it's an RPG uh, uh, adventure yeah. game. <clears throat> now. The credited designer of this is a fellow named uh, Michael Cranford. One thing, I'm not going to go deep into this, but as I was researching, it was amazing the amount of intrigue that was going on in the background of Interplay when this was developed. Um, they knew, I think, pretty early on this was going to be a big hit. Sure. And, of course, as, as you're releasing all these different versions, uh, you, are, um, you are seeing success. And so they were, you know, they were, they were, all fired in a hurry to get a sequel out and to lock things down because they knew they had a hit. And so there was a lot of like contract stuff that was going on. People were getting credited when they shouldn't have. There was a lot of he said, she said stuff. There were threats. Lawyers, crooked lawyers were involved. Hmm. And ultimately, a lot of the team uh, weren't around past the second Bard's Tale. And I, I, I do distinctly remember uh, 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 the flavor changed right around there. Uh, you know, it's been forever since I played the second right. one, uh, but uh, I, that would explain a lot. But that's something if you're into that sort of thing. It was, and of course, uh, from what I've read, everyone's buried the hatchet now. And uh, hilariously, crooked lawyers are blamed for at least part of this with <laughs> with, with double crooked contracts. You know, locking people. Out. So, but I, I thought that was I thought that was kind of neat. Um, <clears throat> according to uh, our our good buddies online, uh, as I mentioned, this was originally uh, out for the Apple II. Uh, and the it looks like the NES trans uh, play, uh, the NES was the last one that got released. Yeah, so, I would I would imagine so. Now, I should mention there's a uh, a remastered version of this of the yes. Bards trilogy. Yep. Which I, I I just had to look at the screenshots of it. It's, it looks, it's it looks, very remastered. Have you, have you tried it? Have you? I have it? not, but I've seen it. <clears throat> uh, 
it, it looks spectacular. So, what is the Bard's Tale? First of all, does he, do you, you know what a Bard is, obviously. You play D&D. Bard is a... Uh, when I think Bard, I think of Sir Robin's minstrel that danced around like a jerk in, uh, <laughs> in uh, Holy Monty Grail. Python's Holy Grail. Sir Robin ran away, <laughs> away, right. away. That's what I think of. Because Bards had a... When, in our D&D games, Bards were not well liked or used. And then my buddy Jerry... I had a bard that rose up from the muck and ended up being a real stud. And everybody, so we we finally had, eventually, we gave in to the bard class. But bards, basically, in in in, in role playing uh, realms, their songs would give would have magical abilities, right? <clears throat> and so, um, I remember when this game came out, uh, we didn't think much of it just because of the name. <laughs> we heard bards were in it. We're like bards. That shows you how stupid you are when you're young. <laughs> You know, but of course we got over it once we figured out what was going on. So, this game starts with the most simple role-playing premise there is. Uh, you're in a bar. Let's see. <laughs> How many D&D games have yeah. stuck off of that? And so you're tasked uh, immediately with coming up with a party of characters. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> so you can create up to six PCs, and you can pick them from different classes. Now, you've got, of course, Bard, as we mentioned. Right. You've got conjurer, magician, warrior, rogue, paladin, monk, hunter. Yes. Right? And then uh, once you pick your class, uh, this thing will effectively roll up a character, yep. D and D style. You'll get random rolls. Now, what do you do here? There's two things you can do. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> That's, That's like you you come you hit the button a lot until you get what you want. Now, if you ever if you played Dungeons and Dragons uh, from back in the day. Generally, you roll your statistics up with three six-sided dice, yeah. and generally, the DM will sometimes will be there with you, and he'll certainly okay your character. And often, you'd see these characters come in with stats all above fourteen. Yeah, and you're like crazy. What yeah. are the odds of that? And some people would have multiple eighteens. They were hot. Take this guy to Vegas. This is the premise used when you're rolling up a character in this game because the stats are meaningful. Yeah. And you got nothing yeah. but time. That's right. And I remember uh, uh, eventually they had character editors and so you could just go in and tweak one yeah. up, you know, uh, but uh, which is one of the good things about having, having DOS, which I did play this on DOS. This was, that was the platform that I played this on, so that's why I was familiar with this version. So <clears throat> once you roll up your character, you get to name them, yep. which is cool, and you, there's a little picture. And you also get to pick their race as well. Uh, you've got uh, uh, hobbits, and you've got humans, and you've got half-orcs, and elves, and half-elves, and dwarves. All the standard... I mean, these guys just picked up the player's handbook, and they're like, okay, here we yeah. go. <laughs> they, 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 no, one, no one cared, you know. It was You just went down the list. Um, <clears throat> so, once you've got your party... You sort of, you basically sort of name a party, and then you, and then you, and then you're, and then you're off. Yeah. So the screen in this game, for the most part, is split into like quarters. Uh, in the, yeah, in the quarters, <clears throat> and you've got, uh, you've got uh, uh, basically um, a three-dimensional. How can we say this? A pseudo three D view when you're in, when you're walking around in one corner. Yes. <clears throat> and then you've got, of course, you see your your characters listed. And they're in. You actually uh, assemble them in marching order, just like yeah. you do in Dungeons and Dragons. And then uh, you will also have. Uh, you could also click on them and get your equipment. Yes. Right. Pretty straightforward stuff. And then there's a there's a thing that uh, that will tell you, um, you know, what you're looking you at. Hit, yeah. yeah. 
pretty simple. Now, uh, this all is pretty simple and straightforward. Then you actually start playing. So <clears throat> when you start the game out, you have uh, a certain amount of gold. And the first thing you really want to do is go and outfit your fighter. I mean, again, this is all pretty standard fare now, but at the time, just the view itself was pretty impressive, yeah. wasn't it? Now, yeah, yeah, it sucked that it was a quarter screen, yeah. but the, the, the picture itself in that quarter screen was remarkable. Right, right. Um, the, uh, the screen, when I say pseudo 3D, I mean, it was... I'm trying to think what we could equate this to. That we, you, it is you're walking down a street. It's sort of like it's not, it's not a screen by screen walking. This yeah. it scrolls. It, I mean, actually, the, the the but I mean, really, you're moving one square at a time. But it's yeah. but it's, it's smoothly scrolled. It's tile based. Right, right, it's right. It, everything mm. is based off of tiles. Right. So yeah. so uh, the town you're in. Has a bar. They have uh, armory. They've got a they've got a place with a bunch of monks. There's a bunch of empty houses. You can go in pretty much any house. Yeah, uh, yeah. It gives you a lot of freedom. This is where I was quickly and violently reunited with what it was like to play a game like this for back in the day. Yes. Time to get out the paper and try to figure out this town. Now, what I eventually did was I got online and downloaded other a map. suckers that had done it. Yeah. I had I had the map, but even with the map, it was getting around was my number one pet peeve. And I'm going to say, of all these games that were made from back in the day, this was always a hassle. And it's one thing that modern technology has done to make it better. You've got, even, I mean, let's face facts, even when you play Doom and stuff, it's really easy to get lost. They've got three see-through transparent maps yeah. that overlay the screen. I'm horrible. I'm horrible at, at with direction. So honestly, I spent a great deal of time being lost. Yeah, I, I did too. Added to that, and then the starting town you're in, you can go forward, and there's one road that I, I didn't know this at the time. It basically, because I'd forgotten it, but they teleport you back to the beginning of the road. Yes. And so you just feel like you a lose. jerk. It's like, where yeah. the heck am I? You know, why am I back here? Or whatever. So, one thing I also noticed is that um, you, and I'd forgotten this, it's random monster mania, run a while. Yes. <laughs> now, let's talk about the creatures in this game. There are a ton of really cool creatures. Amazing yeah. art. You've got all Amazing the stuff, kobolds and goblins and wizards and and pissed off dwarfs and mercs and uh, you know you all the way up to stuff like skeletons and dragons and and uh, sort of beholders. Yeah, Not really beholders, but sorta. Uh, when you're in the the name of the town you start in is called Ascara Bray. Right. <laughs> cool. Cool sound the name. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it sounds like a town. You know. So you go and outfit your characters, and you've got a certain amount of gold. And and it's actually pretty intuitive uh, when you do it. They, you know, you could you pick the character, talk to the guy. You can buy the stuff you want, or you can give all your gold to one guy, have him buy everything, and sort of disperse it. You Which know? you don't want to do it that way. You want your each character to talk, right? Because it will put a symbol beside things that you cannot use. That's right. And that is so helpful. Yeah. Well, but I mean, if you've got guys that are be like better at, at you. I, I think some of you guys can have have a better chance of getting it at a lower price. That's why it would do that. I remember doing it back in the day, so I tried to follow suit. But uh, once you equip your guy, now here's the way it works: the front, the, your front three guys can engage in melee combat. Yes. Then you've got so here's the way I did it. My party was a, uh, I had two warriors, and I had a rogue, and I had a no, I had two warriors and a paladin, and I had a rogue. And I had a uh, conjurer. What was the other guy I had? I can't remember off the top of my head. Had a, you, you had a hunter, didn't you? I, uh, yeah, hunter. Yeah. 
And so what I would have, I would put my paladin and my two warriors in the front. Yeah. And that would, you, and then you take your my rogue. I'd put him in the shadows somewhere. That shtick. Yeah. Just like D and D comes out and backstabs. You know. And then you've got your magic guys hurling stuff over the top. You know, magic in this is actually uh, they've changed. I was reading about this. And there was so stuff. wait, you didn't you didn't have a bard? No, I never <laughs> took a bard. I never take one. I'm sorry, I can't change. I can't change. Uh, now bards in this, and we'll get to that in a minute, but. Um, uh, uh, the combatness is the. This is what I loved about this game. All right, and this what I. This is something that turns me off in a lot of games that have party. I don't like individually moving, and individually. I don't like having to control four guys or six guys. It's just too much for me, man. I just can't do it. Right. So in this game, when a combat starts, let's say for example, you're bebopping down the road. Whoop! It's a wizard. It's a pack of six pissed off wizards. They're gonna get you. Yeah. It's a. You could say fight or run. Well, sometimes when you hit run, you're not running. You just don't get away. Yeah. They, they don't want you to go. So you fight. Okay, now, it'll say, what does your characters want to do? Now, it gives you the options of basically attack, attack your own party is one. <laughs> now, by the way, every time, defend, you know, is one. Or use an item, right? Yeah. And so, for my first three guys, just attack, 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 attack yeah, foes. Just... And then it'll even give you the option of which guy, you know, depending on what your situation is. And then, like, if you're a rogue, for example, you can defend, you can move, you, since he's, like, in my party, for example, he was the fourth guy in, uh, or maybe he was in the last guy, but I would hide him. He's hiding. To right. Attack later. And then uh, the wizard, where well, you would pick a spell. <clears throat> when, so, basically, you've got your, you've already got your guy set up with his weapon. So, you just, it, you're good to go. Yeah. It, he'll attack with his weapon. That when it's the time for one of your spell slingers to come up, uh, you get a, There'll be a selection of spells. Now, I read this, and I never played this version. I guess on the Apple version, maybe in a couple other versions, you would have to type in a, 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 like the a, name. a name of the spell. Yes. The, the PC version had the names lit that you had listed. Yes. So much easier. Yes. I would hate to have to type those in, because I yes. can never, even when you have them, I can remember them. Yeah. You know? You'd have to have the book here with you. Uh, the book in this thing is actually the, the rule book, and then they also released like a clue book. You know, which I looked at the PDF of, they're pretty uh, handy, you know, to tell you what's going on. So, once you've determined what spell you're going to use, combat is then, it just goes on. Now, is there any physical combat? Do you see any? No. Is there a map movement on the combat? No. It's limited. But for me, I like that. I don't need all those. I know what you're going to say. I don't want to tactically move guys around during the combat. Oh, no. I just, I just no. want to see the fight go down and see how I'm doing. And so, and of course... How much damage you take, how many times you get hit. It's just straight up D&D. You've got an armor class. Depending yes. on what kind of armor your guy's wearing or his or ability to not get hit uh, will determine how, how many hit points he loses and also how well they attack is part of it. And so it will actually go through and just negotiate the entire combat of that round. Yep. Bam. It'll say Joe hits for six, Joe hits for four, evil wizard hits for whatever. You know, this guy's on fire, blah, 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 blah. Yep. You know, this guy's in the shadows. And then that's and then you're off to round two, and it says, okay, do you want to attack or flee? And you're basically and fight or flee, and then you pick again. And this will happen until one or two or three things happen. Either you'll defeat all the bad guys, and then you'll loot them, right? And you'll it'll say you get this much experience and you get this much wealth, just like D and D, or you will uh, lose, and all your guys are killed. Part yeah. total party kill, TPK, or something in between where. Uh, uh, you'll fight half the battle and then flee, yeah. for example, which can happen. 
Uh, and then that's it. That's combat. It just goes over and over. I love that. That's probably my favorite part of the game because it's for someone like myself. That's not what I would call organizationally sound. I can I can just let them I can just let them go. And, I, and eventually you get into a, a a groove as to how you want things to go in a combat. I like the fact that marching orders important. I just love that stuff. It's the fundamentals of this game that I like. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree with all that. I would have. I mean, I would have rather been animated to a greater degree than it was. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but what are you gonna do? I understand though? the limitations of the time and the 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 text crawl as you're fighting. I mean, you have to have it there because you have to inform people of what's happened. Um, but it, it just it seemed dry. It seemed dry. I wish there were. I wish they had a way to spice that up. Have hits and stuff, maybe in a different font, uh, because you have a text crawl there that totally goes over your combat. And it's just white text on a black background, scrolling endlessly as yeah. you do your thing. Yeah, I mean it is. It's it's uh, it's sort of everquesting in in a way. The way, <laughs> I mean that's exactly like everquest. You actually see it, right? But I'm saying you, it's a it's a text scroll. Listen, this thing set this precedent for a lot of this stuff, and I think that's one of the things. And, and, hey, listen, you could probably, and I bet you, you could dump a log just like Ken EQ. Oh, the day, you know? So, so. That was pretty much the basics of, of, of combat, and it can get more advanced as you go. So, something else this game did. Now, this was uh, uh, unusual. I thought it was... I didn't remember this aspect of it, but when you level up, you got to go basically yeah, you have to, to the review board, yeah. effectively, to level up your guys. No way whether you uh, uh, have the money to do it, and also if, you, uh, if you've if you got enough experience points, and you'll level up that way. And of course, when you level up, you get more... Spells and more stats. It's and leveling, stuff. they'll give you the level up for free, but spells, those are going to cost you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a, it gets to a ridiculous amount. It's like, well, I guess I'm staying with these spells for another six levels. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, this game has, of course, it's it's a it's a Dungeons & Dragons style game, so you're going to go in dungeons. Now, yeah. I managed to get, through, get into and partially through the first dungeon. That's how pathetic I am. Uh, and getting to it was no easy task. Oh, no kidding. I'd totally forgotten that all the stuff you got to do with that, getting this, asking for this certain type of wine. I had to, so I had to pull out the docks. Yeah. I'm a pathetic old guy that can't remember nothing. I couldn't remember how to do it. And then you're then you're in there. And, but basically, once you're in there, it's, it's pretty much the same basic bear. It's the sewers. Yeah. You know, it's the usual. It's the usual stuff. Uh, and you're and you're down there, you know, jacking around. Um, <clears throat> Something else is the towns will have this like statue you can fight. Did you, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. It turns you, into different monsters. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't come anywhere near being able to tangle with that. I, stuff. I didn't even mess with it. So I'm gonna tell you what I liked about the Bard's Tale. Um, I like the fighting system. I like the character creation. I, I wish you could. I wish there were more portraits you could pick from. But that that's just they're getting chancy. But yeah. those are little tiny pictures. It seems like they're gonna put some more in. You know, you're right. Um, I, I liked. The atmosphere, and I like the old schoolness of it to a degree. The uh, um, the fact of the matter is, uh, auto mapping wasn't a thing. They the, the, I read that this is a thirty by thirty square grid. That the first town you're in, okay, it okay. seems immense to me. But it, uh, 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 it it was I had trouble negotiating, and, and, and in fact, the dungeon I thought was easier. Uh, it was easier to well, map. It was easier, yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. landmarks were easier to keep track of. Yeah. I agree. I remember playing this back in the day, and I could get, I could get, I never beat it, but I could get fairly deep into it before I, the wheels came off. Uh, but I mean, I one thing I've learned about myself is I was a much more, um, 
had a lot more patience and a lot more time. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's true. You know, am I wrong? No. Uh, like I said, Flax notes it was it was a stark hit in the face. I'm like, yeah, I've got to take notes. I've got to get you know, I've got to really pay attention uh, when you play a game like this. But I thought if you consider what came before this, I mean, you you're coming off of things like basically straight up text games. Yes. You're coming off stuff like roguelike games. Where with a visual, but this is leagues past them in terms of a, feel like a role playing game. Oh, absolutely! This feels more like a Dungeons and Dragons uh, style game, and it and it uh, and it's going to be uh, um, it's going to be there's going to be road bumps on the way to getting something like Eye of the Beholder or even stuff like Dungeon Master and stuff that came that came later. Well, and I think kind of like you said, coming off of text adventures, where obviously you had to map. Mm-hmm. You know, in real life, you had to take notes and that kind of stuff. So I think the developers of this said, "Well, everyone's already doing this, so we don't need to handle this in game." So I think, and I think they use the resources uh, in other areas of the game instead of taking up the resources because you got to think games are are tiny at the still at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. I mean, if you consider the platform and the time and the uh, uh, and and what you had to work with in terms of media, you're right. It's it is and it pretty. I mean, because it's not. Is this the most beautiful game? No, but I mean, oh, the, fact, the art's great. The art's great. But oh if you're, my gosh, the, the art is limi- great. The color limitations there. The, it is. You know, <clears throat> I, now I've read that the uh, Atari uh, Apple GS version. This is incredible. Like off the charts good. I can really? look at it. Uh, and I've read that the Spectrum versions were quite good. It was well received. I would love to play this. Really, on the all. Spectrum. I, mean, I think that'd be very interesting. So just to dovetail that. Uh, this <laughs> this game was like uh, ha- ha- very well reviewed. Oh, of course. Um, you know, they, Dragon liked it. Uh, it. It got five out of five stars. Uh, uh, you know, eventually they, they botched it at first. The Spectrum version was very popular. Like I said, the G- the uh, Apple II GS version was very popular. The Bard's Tale on the on the C sixty four got a ninety four percent zap, which is a, that's a wow. huge score. Um, it was in the in uh, it got a seven point four nine out of ten uh, for from Computer Gaming World. It, it got it got in the Hall of Fame. It was in ninety. It received the seventh highest number of votes in a survey of all time favorites. You know, wow. and in ninety six, Computer Gaming World uh, named the Bard's Tale the eighty ninth best game ever. I think that's probably a little low. Uh, according to this, uh, in the eighties, they sold. Uh, it was the best selling RPG of the eighties. It sold up 407,000 copies. That's, wow, that's huge. If you consider for, that, you that's know, huge for adults. I'd be interested to wonder what you know where it uh, where those copies sold. You know, um, again, it, there were three. There were there were basically three sequels that were, in, were fairly immediate. You had Bard's Tale Two, Destiny Night, Bard's Tale Three, T- uh, Thief of Fate, and then I'd forgotten about this brand. I have to say, when I read about it, I was like, oh man. The Bard's Tale construction set that came out in '91. I don't. I didn't know that. Existed. Yeah, I, I had heard about that, but I never got the fool with it. Eventually, these uh, games were compiled into what's known as the Bard's Tale trilogy, which yeah. is a DOS release that came out. It's either late '89 or early '90s. Um, so, a few aspects about this that yeah. you didn't mention. I, th- I think are certainly interesting. Go ahead, enough. please jump in. This had mouse control. Oh yeah, I should be. I should admit, without it, it would have been a nightmare. I, yeah. You, I preferred to move around the keyboard, Mm-mm. but you can move around with the mouse. The mouse, well, no, yeah, with moving around with the keyboard, yes. Yeah. The mouse would put a little arrow up in the, in the uh, visual section of the screen or a little curved arrow. Yeah. 
uh, but I moved with the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, but the mouse was still... I should have mentioned that. You're right. The mouse... Without a mouse on this, the disaster. It would, it, I would, it would have yeah. been different. Yeah. Uh, uh, another a couple of gameplay aspects. Uh, to recover when you your your wizards and stuff around on spells, they, you have to take them back to a temple to basically get get your uh, yeah. your your spells back. The bard, because you didn't have a bard in your party, no. you you can actually lose your voice. Yeah, and he has to get you drunk. Have to, you have to yeah. go back to the bar. I remember that to, to drink and something get your, else that your voice you get, back. When you get when some of your players get killed or your hit points are depleted, you can go to these like temples, yeah. right? Let me tell you something. Pony up the offering, pal. These suckers cost a fortune. Yeah. To get, just on the very first uh, level on the in the city you start out in to get a guy raised like nine hundred gold. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then it's a sliding scale as to how hurt they are to get their health points back. Yeah. Brutal. Now eventually you can get spells that give you some health, but I yes. mean the early ones as soon as suck. You, well, they're yeah. better than nothing. Yeah. And one last aspect of this game that I thought was very unique that you didn't touch on. Uh, you can have monsters join your party. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get far enough like, for that to happen. The, the, yeah. the top slot, uh, occasionally, the top slot is used for two things. Uh, if you have a conjurer, he can eventually, you can cast spells to summon monsters to yeah. fight with you. But you can also just run across. Uh, usually, it's mercenaries and stuff like that that can, will join your party until yeah. they die. But you can you can even pick up like ogres. Or skeletons yeah. to join watching, your party. I was watching a playthrough of this, some of the advanced levels, and, and a skeleton that comes up. It's like of all the things that join yeah. up, you know, and it talks. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> that and, is bizarre. And one, but that's awesome, you know. That's really cool. Hey, yeah. In D and D, that happens. You pick up followers, so you know they again. Usually they not monsters, but you know it, it happens. It's pre it's pretty neat. So that's a neat. And one last thing to mention: this the locale, actual place on the planet. It's an ancient town, an ancient village. Like in real life, you know, I read that the guy that designed this or, or originally developed it was very religious. I saw this somewhere, and so there are tons and tons of biblical references in the game in Christianity, uh, like locations and, and and stuff. So I wonder if there's if that's a, a if that's a religious locale. I'd have, that'd be something to look up. It's an interesting. It was an interesting game, and the fact that a religious guy made it is uh, even sort of makes it, especially since it's a religion. The, the the healers we just bad mouth. They they cut you some slack. I looked this up on the eBay, uh, Brandy, and right now there are no DOS versions up, but oh. uh, locally anyway. But if you're wanting to go overseas, you can pick up the boxed version. I'm looking at some good deals here, really. I think uh, if you want to order from Germany, there's a uh, PC DOS Bard's Tale uh, sealed. Uh, right now, uh, for three hundred ninety-three bucks, and the unopened version for seventy-eight. I should mention. You this think had, those are good deals? Well, this is the Bard's Tale one. It's an epic, well-known game, and these had the cool like album type. Yeah, they were big. And box. the cover on this is legendary, beautiful. It you know, is. You know, it's very nice. Cover. I really enjoyed. I mean, it's no tongue of the fat man. No, but... it's not. I enjoyed uh, going back and playing this, and I wish I'd had uh, uh, could stare at the screen longer than I could have to get further in, because I, I was actually at halfway decent back in the day. And this is something that, that you have to really commit yourself to. Yeah, uh, I agree. You have to, uh, uh, I mean, to, picking this up and playing it for 20 minutes or something, you're not even going to yeah. get through character creation. No. It, it's it took me forever. To, I knew that I had to have good characters. I knew that. I, I, I'll have to say I kind of cheesed out on my characters, and I paid for it later. I mean, I, I rolled and rolled and rolled, and finally I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, oh, heck, screw it. 
Well, let's play the wheel. No. Yeah, all right. All right. Okay. Let's do some wheeling. So tell them what we put on there this week, Brandy. We went really outside the box. <laughs> yeah. And we added electronic board games. That's right. That's right. Electronic board games. Aaron and I, I have a vast, vast history, ongoing history of board game play. Yeah. Uh, Aaron and I both have a fairly... Uh, encompassing knowledge of electronic board games, so hopefully we'll get to share some of that with you eventually. Alright, spin the wheel, make the deal. Right, here we go. Saturn would be cool. Well, almost Saturn. What do we get? We got... Laser Disc! Okay, now that's something we can sink our teeth into. Laser Disc games. Now, I think there's no bigger fan of Laser Disc games than us, is there, on but Earth? We are pretty big Laserdisc fans. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, never uh, owning a system, uh, but playing them all. Well, you'd be a fool to own a system. They're, they 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 break. Uh, so yeah. Before we move out of this, did we get any user reviews for these games? We did week? not. Uh, I meant to ask. Outside of, of uh, wishing us luck on <laughs> on Fat Man um, and saying how awesome Bard's Tale was, which was a general consensus. Uh, we had no user reviews. That's okay. So hopefully we'll get some good ones in for lasers. I was late getting my pick in this week too, so that probably you were. Didn't it so, didn't help. <laughs> uh, who do we got in the chat room? Which you want to say hi to anybody? <clears throat> uh, we got a, a pretty good crew. Uh, we do have a good crew. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading something else in chat. Uh, one track mind. Let's go. We got uh, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles. Me, Necronom. You can't name yourself yes, as being in the chat room. You're here. But I, I'm, I'm also in chat. Matthew's in chat. Uh, Paul was in chat. Alec, Edvin, uh, Terry, my adoring wife. Picard's here. Uh, I don't know why I can't pronounce this name. L-A-U-R-E-N-T. I can't, I can't audibly spell. What do you want from me? But you're in Give it a whirl. Yeah. Uh, Laurent? Close enough. Oh, is, is that Laurent? Laurent Giroux? Yes. Yeah. What about my? I can't How do you read. not know him? I, 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 I do know. I just can't read. Good uh, God. Get him, Laurent. Sorry, Fat Man got into my head. No, you won't get out. So, visual images. Next, like next week. I think we've pretty much taken care of all the business. Uh, next week, uh, please join us as we delve deep into the land of laser games. Do you have a thought on what you're going to pick without telling anybody? Um, I. I, There's so many. I, I think we should outlaw uh, Dragon's Lair and Space Age. I'm not outlawing anything. I'm not taking anything off the table. Total surprise. I'm not gonna. I'm not outlawing nothing. I'm ignoring you. So, join us next week. It's laser time. And until then, party Have on. Have a good one.